Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. My name is Max Brecky. Along with me today, Ben Ross and Harrison Starr, aka uh, apparently Boilermaker fan. Yeah, you know I went there. I think now is the time to uh, commit to it. Four years after uh, graduating, actually six. So uh, you know, let's wow. do this thing. I'm kidding, uh, but my God, that name. Ugh. Yeah. Um, we... So if this is six years after you graduated, does that put you at like thirty-three, like myself, or <laughs> no, twenty-eight? Mm, mm, okay, I so see. They uh, you get out there, you get out of Purdue a little bit quicker than you do uh, Iowa already. Well, you see, in West Lafayette, the only thing to do is study. So um, that's kind of how that goes. Yeah, didn't have that problem. No, no, sure didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so um, the Iowa played a football game this past weekend, and um, let's just say that it did not necessarily go according to plan. The defense wasn't particularly good. The offense was, it was fine. Fine? I, yeah, I, right. I, the offense was good. It like, was fine. I, mean... I'm, I don't have many complaints about it. Nate Stanley wasn't super sharp, but he figured it out. Yeah. Um, and the refereeing was bad. Supposedly, it's the reason we lost the game. Uh, we'll get into that eventually. But we'll uh, we'll start with the offense. The offense, I think, was probably the high point of the game. Um, it was fine. I don't really have any qualms with the way that they played. Stanley, you know, was really, really bad on, I think, his second and third drives. And he figured it out, I think, after that. You know, like he was still throwing the ball in there with some zip. Uh, as he's uh, prone to do, but, you know, the running game was good. Sargent is still pretty good at uh, running the dang ball. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think about that? Um, I think Stanley's box score is slightly misleading, but I do think, I mean, he shouldn't get, uh, you know, shoulder any more blame than anyone else in this loss. I think, I mean, you go back and say, well, if, you know, he would have hit a few more throws. We would have won easily. Well, I mean, what Iowa game played in the last 10 years that we've lost, could you not say that about, um, you know, imperfect quarterback play is something that happens in college, and it's frustrating to see because Stanley is so talented and his arm is so good. But um, <clears throat> I don't think, you know, placing any blame on him is unfair. And uh, certainly, especially going back to your point, the referees had really nothing to do with this loss. Um, lots That's, of people, lots of people had something to do with this loss, and I don't know if we want to blame officiating. Here's the thing about officiating. Oh boy. Okay, we're oh we're boy. skipping the offense. We're going straight to officiating. No, because I it's it's a non-factor. <laughs> like it is what it is. Yeah. I I was given thirty yards to end the half on a very questionable call. Like it was a late fair catch call. The guy barely hit Grunewig. Iowa got 30 yards. Did he hit him at all? So, like, 
I, it didn't look like he did, really. It, it evens out. Sometimes it hurts, sometimes it helps, but, like, the late calls are always going to be the ones that come under the most ire. I think the holding calls were a little wonky. It seems like the analysis yeah. of that is the case. But you're dealing with people. It's not their full-time job. They're basically doing it for fun. And like Jordan said in our Slack, it's a cycle because people rail on the refs. No one wants to go into refs, so you only get these dumb people who are refing. So you're going to get bad refing. It's, so like I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> You're the one who brought it up. That's not the way this is going to work at all. You brought it up. We're going to talk about it. Let's not talk about refs anymore, actually. It's four minutes in. People don't want to hear about this. But the offense was good. Like, you put up 36 points. I don't care how it happens. That should be enough to win a game in a Kirk Ferentz coached game. Um, I, I, I agree. Like, it's a winning number. It's a winning number, and the fact they couldn't, it's... On the defense on the field, which is some level of execution or what? What's mm-hmm. it called? Like an execution error? I don't know what they the the term of it is. Lack of execution. LOE. There it is. Um, but you know, Kirk Ferentz took two points off the board. He just did. And, and maybe it plays out differently. Butterfly effect in terms of how the game's managed. If you know, they're up three, maybe Purdue goes for the win, fine. But uh, Purdue, Iowa also has a chance to get the ball back because it's uh, it's different. Or it's tied. Like, the, the worst case is Iowa gets the ball back with a chance to tie or win. So, ugh, it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, we can sit here and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, we, we get the opportunity to look back and people, I, I was handling Twitter on a Saturday night and I tweeted out that, you know, you can't really blame refereeing. You can't put yourself in a position where refereeing can cost you the game regardless, you know, like, and they put themselves in that position where, uh, those were, you know, like some of those late calls ended up really hurting them. And, you know, that's, you know, the referees didn't give up however many points the referees didn't, you know miss those two-point conversions themselves, you, you know, it's it's whatever. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, you can't put yourself in that position, but, you know, yeah, particularly, you know, saying, seeing those two uh, extra points that could have been and, you know, would have, as things stood, tied the game. People are saying that Purdue would have gone for, you know, a touchdown instead of a field goal. Probably true. Can't deny that, but you're also saying at that point then that you have absolutely no faith in the Iowa defense to make a stop in the red zone. So you know it's you know it's you know a little bit of a double-edged sword. You know we can we can obviously go back and look at it like that, but you know and maybe in the moment it seemed like the right call on the sideline. I felt weird to me at the time because I know people are saying hindsight. It felt weird to me at the time too. I don't know about you guys, but. Yeah, I love I for the record I loved the call at the time I really did. Um, the problem with this thing is with everything else, you know, we're not having this conversation if they convert. Yeah, on, exactly. On one or both of the tries, uh, I think somebody put in the comments that Brian Ferentz is zero and five now when doing a two point conversion. That was me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> That's that's horrible, and I think you know we didn't throw. We threw to Brandon Smith both times, correct? Like we didn't throw mm, yeah, to Fant the, or Hawkinson. Fant was 
He was mugged a little bit on the second one, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, but Stanley went fishing for a flag with yeah. the second throw, I believe, to Smith. But the thing with that one, too, is that the guy did get him within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And I don't know, I don't remember exactly how far he, you know, kind of kept riding on Fant into the end zone, but he was, for all, you know, within the five yards. The rule's a little bit hazy around there, but... Uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, and, whatever. And here's the thing, because I'm kind of with Ben. I was more okay with it in the moment because it was like, okay, it gets you to within three soon, just assuming it works. But then hearing Ference's logic behind it, when he said, we felt like this game was going to be a game which is in the 40s, which, when he's making that assumption... He should be also assuming that they're get, the teams are going to be trading touchdowns back and forth, which means that later in the game there's going to be an opportunity to go for two to get yourself within three. Like that's where the logic breaks down for me because like I get it. He's like the guy riding high at the blackjack table, making all these kind of crazy decisions that pisses the rest of the table off. But it's working out for him up until the point that it didn't. So. In the moment, I was okay with it. It made sense. You know, you've got your offense a little bit in a rhythm, but the logic afterwards really what sold me against the decision to go for it in two because just because he put himself back in that place. And it's like, if you think it's going to be a tight game, like you're going to hold them to 28 points, then it makes sense because then that means you only need one more possession to tie or win. But the way it played out, like... Hindsight, of course, it just, it, it was just frustrating because at the end of the day, it did take two points off the board and, you know, I it, I feel comfortable saying that because Miguel Racinos hasn't missed a freaking extra point maybe in his career. Definitely oh, this yeah, that's not, even, that's not even crossing my mind, missing extra point. That's not why they, I mean, yeah, th- th- those are free, those are free points to, you can count those in the bank. Yeah. Um... I had something to say about that, and I completely lost it in that conversation. Oh, what I was going to say was, yeah, you know, what you say makes sense, though. With, you know, if you if I was going to hold them to 28 points, which they had allowed a touchdown on four of their six drives to that point, it wasn't very likely. But the other thing that you're, you know, thinking is that you are going to, that you know that you can't stop them on defense and you know, think that you're going to trade four more touchdowns with them and that you can even it up going by two, going for two every time you know, in that situation. You can kind of make up those few points right there. But, you know, if that's a tall task to, you know, win a shootout against Purdue, as we saw on Saturday. Um, that, you know, Purdue's got an incredibly high-powered offense. That passing game, or that, their passing game is legitimate. And it was, you know, the second that we saw that we were going to get into a shootout with them, I did not, you know, I didn't like what I was seeing there at all. But the offense, otherwise, I think, like, you know, extra points aside, you know, whatever, I think the offense was fine. I did, how do you guys feel about the uh, rushing, about, not the rushing, but, like, the running back committee, how they used them? So nine carries for Torrin Young, ten for Sargent, ten for Kelly Martin. I think we're at the point where Sargent should be getting 50% of the carries and on the field for at least 50% of the time. He's that good. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've I've always I've been t- talking about the all season why we don't see more of Torn Young. Um, people, he's the only you know uh, running back to have a decent yards per carry. Uh, we had over 100 yard, rushing yards again. We talked about you know how that important that is for Iowa. People were Apparently saying, not. yeah, that's true. And people were saying how you know the the yards per carry. I think it's around 3.2, 37 rushes for 118 yards. Yeah, but um, the running backs themselves. 4.5, 3. 3.9, 3. Right. 3.9. Right. Um, I was going to say, I still think getting to 100 yards is important no matter how, uh, how how long it takes to get there and how you do it. Um, I mean, yeah, um, Sargent does definitely deserve to be the starting running back. And, again, I don't think we saw Torn Young in the red zone at all. It was Ivory Kelly Martin. Um, and I just don't understand that, really. Um, but... I'm not worried about this, you know, running back committee. I'm just, I'm worried about a lot of other things, and running back isn't one of them. Yeah, no, I don't, I was just kind of seeing how you guys felt about the way that that was used, just because, you know, that was a very even, you know, distribution between those three guys. I don't Uh, think, what, what I'm trying to say is I don't think giving Kelly Martin five fewer carries and Sergeant five more affected the game. Though. No, yeah. I oh, that's okay. probably yeah. It's, okay, yeah. That's what that, I'm that's to a say. good point. Yeah, yeah we, I think it's more an aesthetic thing for me, liking yes. versus anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I don't think it would have made a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. I was just kind of curious about how you guys felt about you know that you know distribution there. I think one of the reasons we don't see more of Torin Young is that he's not necessarily a very patient. Yeah, you said back. that in the Slack, and I don't he, know. Well, he hits what he, when he runs. It's very downhill, and if he hits a hole, he hits that hole hard. But you know, if there's no hole there, he's gonna run straight into the line. I feel like more often than not, that's kind of what I've observed. I think that's that just his style, but yeah, I don't think it's like a conscious thing. No, I don't think it's conscious. I just think that you know, it's just something that I've noticed. Where if there's a hole, he's gonna be running for you know, fifteen yards, ten yards, something like that. But if there isn't, he's not running anywhere. You know. I think that, you know, maybe, yeah, I think that might be one of the reasons why we don't see as much of him as, you know, we'd like, and that's why we wait until the defenses are worn down for him to kind of come in in the second half and take that, you know, bruising, you know, running style to him. But that's just kind of a thought that I was having on Torrin Young. And I it's kind of, that's what I've observed at least. I don't know. Maybe I'm incorrect in seeing that. I think that's a fair point. And, and I guess my biggest criticism of the Iowa offense and this is maybe unfair, but they're down 21-10 right before half. They get lucky after being forced into a punt. They force Purdue to punt, talked about that, you know, free 60 or 30 yards that they got. So they bring it to 17-21 right before half. Mm -hmm. And here's what they came out with on the first drive of the second half. Because if, if they're able to do anything on this drive then, you know, they've asserted themselves. They've got Purdue maybe a little bit on their heels. We probably see them do something a little similarly, but um, one-yard Ivory Kelly Martin run, sack, delay of game, then you're SOL. Third and 21, you can't do anything there. So that those were the three plays that came out of half that they had, you know, 20 minutes to be like, all right, Ken, all right, Brian, what are we going to do? And that's what they did. Like, to me, that was a... 
it's tough to say they lost the game on that first possession of the second half, but they just, it was just such a wasted opportunity. Um, yeah. The way they came out in the second half. And that's really the only criticism that I have on the offense. I thought they showed a lot of, you know, overcoming adversity, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, just frustrating. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I mean, that drive in itself was pretty uninspired. Um, and was that. And that, that was followed up immediately drive. by an 82 yard touchdown from. Yeah. Uh, to write whatever his first name is. Yeah, that... Uh, Isaac Wright, right? Um, no, that's Isaac Zico. It's, uh, it was uh, Terry Wright, right? Terry, Terry Wright, yeah. Terry Correct, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, just beat Riley Moss in single coverage. Um, <laughs> fucking hate you. Terry Correct, right? I hate you so much. <laughs> I don't get it. It's because, like, when you're driving, you're supposed to say, should I turn left or right? And then when someone... You answer that, you're like, correct. You're not supposed to say right, because then you assume that instead of turning left, you turn right. So you should say, like, oh, that's a bad joke. I don't it's a bad a, pun. I don't own a car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, to this, that touchdown, and this is really what kind of peeved me about Phil, and, and there are very few times I'm actually mad about what he does. But for crying out loud, that is how Purdue beat Iowa last year. Have we not yep. learned anything yep. in a year? Yep. No. Like I get that. I get that. We, we have our three best corners from that team are no longer. We're not available to us in this game. Being, I guess, Ragamba, Hankins, well, was, uh, I guess Jackson, Josh Jackson, Jackson. So like you know that. Obviously, he's not available because why would you? be coached by morons and not get paid when you could be coached by morons and get paid. Packers joke. Um, Let's I'm go. Oh, I'm here for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I love Phil, so th- that was a, a low blow. But, like, you know no, you're going right, to do that. You know Jeff Brom is going to go deep. He did it yeah. once. He's like, oh, I can do this whenever I want. Like, he's just – Jeff Brom is – Way too smart to be coaching against Kirk Ferentz. He just he's, is. He's way too smart to be coaching at Purdue. That dude needs to be found by. Uh, that's who uh, he's going to coach LSU next. Something no, like he's that. going to I Auburn. I said this last week. He's going to Auburn. Can we stop? Like I don't. He's going to I don't remember what we talked about a week ago. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but no, you're completely correct though. Like that's what happened last week. That's what happened last season. It happened this season, and Terry Wright abused. Riley Moss on uh, and I, all all game long, he had three touchdowns, 146 yards on six receptions, 64 yards on the one that wasn't that 82 yard bomb. But you know, I think I think the, you know, I think he's also getting pretty unfairly shit on too though. Riley Moss. Moss, yeah, like that first the first oh, coverage yeah. that was a perfectly thrown ball. Like there was a slight push off. You know, that's nobody, they're never going to call that. That's just the way that the game is played. They're, you know, it wasn't super egregious. They didn't really give him a huge advantage. Um, it was a really well-thrown ball. There wasn't anything that he was going to be able to do about that first touchdown, I think. Um, the next two, eh, maybe those were his fault. But 
you know, I think that he. Well, the pretty... second one wasn't though. Like, I mean, that's a slant route. Which one? And, oh yeah. That's I mean, that's the... a coverage fault because that's he's the not way that up against up. them. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, I I think Moss is getting a little unfairly maligned. I think Parker has him playing a style that he knows he can execute. He knows that Riley Moss can, dare I say, stick with just about anyone that's going to be across from him. And like you see, his speed is able to make up for some errors. So every throw has to be perfect, which is a slight exaggeration. But... um, yeah, I just don't know how Phil puts him in that situation on, on that 82-yarder. It's like, it, that's that's what's really frustrating. And yeah, I don't remember the play exactly, but was there safety help on there at all? No. No, not on that one. Not. Mm. Hawkeye Game Film did a really good job of breaking down the first touchdown, and really what it was was Moss was jamming uh, the guy, or he was lined up inside of five yards. Didn't yeah. jam him. But his speed was able to require a perfect throw. And, you know, it is what it is. Freshmen are going to make mistakes is what it comes down to. And um, that's just how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it it sucks. Uh, You know, the defense defense just straight up didn't play well enough to win. You know, it's very, very rarely that we say that, you know, an Iowa loss is on the defense, it feels like. But they gave up 38 points with or without the help of the referees. You know, like they gave up four passing touchdowns, three of them to Wright, one to Zico. Uh, Jones had a rushing touchdown, you know, and you can't. You can't do that if you're going to expect to win. Iowa's a bend-don't-break defense, and they absolutely shattered. <laughs> yeah, the, oh. the, the, <clears throat> a rare the, occasion. The frustrating part is, like, they only had 100 rushing yards, and we, we shut down, you know, DJ Knox, and we shut down Rondale Moore, but they still, you know, were able to... Uh, they probably saw that coming. They probably knew that we were going to be able to stop their run. They probably knew that we were going to put Amani Hooker and... Uh, put Monty Hooker on more and um, just basically, you know, spy him and more or less shut him down the whole game. Um, it's just yeah. fr- frustrating, you know, seeing this, like Harrison said, we've seen this movie before and that's the story of Iowa football. It's a, you know, it's not a movie. It's a, it's, it's a rerun. It's, it's Groundhog Day. It's, it's a syndicated series of TV. It's a syndicated TV show. Like, not even a good one. Not like Friends or, it might be like Frasier. No, it Friends, is like Friends. Friends sucks, actually. Yeah. Frasier's yeah. better than Friends. <sighs> but yeah, so like you kind of hit on the frustration that I have, and, and really I, I wrote some, wrote down some notes because I was I oh, oh dis- boy, I disconnected oh I disconnected boy. from it last football night. Football minute. The football minute, but I disconnected <laughs> from last night just because I was so fired up. I'm like, this isn't healthy. Didn't watch any football. I was even you know in the slack, kind of going off, and a lot of good discourse there. You raised your voice. I did. I did. Um, but here's kind of what it comes down to for me. And really, this whole season, we've kind of heard that, oh, this team is special. We've heard it from kind of the beat writers, you know, Dr. Man and Morehouse predicted 10 wins to start this season. So that kind of, you know, sets some level of expectation. So once you lose that third game... Who else guessed 10 wins? A uh, bunch of idiots. I think, yeah, I think I guessed nine. Uh, um, I mean, I'm just trying to say I did. Yeah. Oh. As I said, a bunch of idiots. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but really, like, it's the absence of hope now. It's like you, you've you're still able to hold up hope that okay, maybe they can put together a four game run here, and you know, still salvage, uh, make a good or great season special, and getting to a New York New Year's Day sick bowl, six bowl, like I think ten wins would have done, would have you know given it a little bit of aura this season at least. Secondly, it is a complete waste of the talent on this roster, what we are seeing, because there are, I mean, there's just so much NFL talent. We have it with Amani Hooker on the across line. the defensive line. Um, oh, no offense, the best. He's going to go higher than any skill position has ever gone from Iowa in the NFL draft. And Yeah, but he's not as good as Hawkinson. And, but we saw why he's going to go. They ran a freaking yeah. screen where the ride, wide receivers were blocking for him. Why isn't that run every game? Like, uh, I mean, it got three yards. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, so the, the inexplicable decision for going for two is actually kind of way down my list. But then you just look at the long game of where this puts Iowa in the Big Ten. All right, you... You look at games where players aren't even on the roster now in 2021, and like you see the schedule, and like, oh, maybe Iowa's got a chance in three years, right? But well, you also look at where Iowa is across the Big Ten. Here are the streaks they have against teams. They have a three-game losing streak against Wisconsin. They've, lo- they've lost six out of the last seven games in nine years to them. They've lost two straight sad? to Purdue. With Jeff Brom, they've lost two straight to Northwestern. They're five and seven against Fitzgerald, and in the West, they've won Stop four straight against this. Illinois, three against Nebraska, four against Minnesota. Okay, cool. So we're the good bad team. That's who we are. Yeah, I mean, and that's... it sucks. I okay. I, I just want to say on the record, I said I already wrote that in my power rankings before I heard Harrison say it. I don't want to be accused <laughs> of plagiarism. Um, I'm not. It's a good point, though. Right. (laughs) And you look across the division. They've lost five straight to Penn State. They've lost three straight to Michigan State. Seven and eight against them in Kirk's tenure. Why are you doing this? They're two and eight against Ohio State in Kirk's tenure. (laughs) Like, this is... Like you said, it's a syndicated TV show that just happens to be on television that we keep watching. We know what's going to happen. I was going to win seven or eight games, and it's going to be fine because there are enough trophy games that if they self-jump, but it's like, we get to the end of this year, what's going to be our best win? Is it really going to be against freaking Iowa State in their first game of the year? Just like last year, too. Like, I mean... Oh wait, no. no. Well, what, last year what we beat a, Ohio, Ohio State, State, buddy. Like, yeah. All right, come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's that's where it's at for me. It's like, oh my god, is it? It's just going to be a string of seven to eight to nine win seasons. For no. Yes. You know what you signed up for. You know, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I I did not know what I signed up for. As long as I've been an Iowa fan, which is so, if you can do the own math when I reveal that it took me six years to graduate. Um, we've sucked. <laughs> I've, uh, I mean, there was 2015, but we can talk about how good or bad that team actually was. But we, I've really never, I've only known disappointment and shame and darkness, and uh, it's comfortable, it's cozy, and that's and that's why Kirk Ferentz is gonna be around for five more years, and that's why his son's gonna take over for him, because it's comfortable. We know it. 
we're too scared to leave our stoop. Mm. Oh no, we're no. stoop guy. Oh we my are, god. We are stoop kids. We're the stoop kids of college football. Uh, seven oh, wins man. is such a comfortable. You're, the people are going to be angry. It's a comfortable polio blanket, and <laughs> it's uh, we're gonna it's gonna get us through the winter. No, you know, you know what? Honestly, I think upset me the most out of every single thing that happened is that uh, two things. One thing is that I've got Purdue fans in our mentions telling us that you know it could be worse. We could have hired uh, what's his name, uh, Daryl Hazel. But you have Jeff Brom now. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. And, and they're saying, and they're like, "Wow, you know what? Like, it's 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 making me angry that I've got Purdue fans trying to comfort me." And one <laughs> yes, Purdue fan, yes, yes. No, I, hard agree. I gotta find the tweet now. This one Purdue fan, he said something along the lines of, "You know what? You guys played a really good game." <laughs> oh and, no! You know, like you know, you got so much to look ahead to. I hope you we know, didn't hurt your boys too bad. Pretty much, it was incredibly infuriating to read. And uh, at least Purdue has had basketball for all this time. I mean, they've been to Sweet Sixteens. They've had Robbie Hummel tear his ACL twice. That sucked, but uh. At least they have other things like, oh my god, we just have mediocrity. The stoop kids of college football. That That's it. Um, you know what somebody else said in my mentions to me? Somebody, no, I don't want to hear anything. Yeah, I don't give a flying fuck. Somebody mentioned that Tyler Uyghurs beat Purdue this season. Oh. Oh. <coughs> yeah. Oh my god. That, that one was a pretty upsetting too. Um, incredibly upsetting to read. That is a savage tweet. Yeah, that is that was, so freaking mean. That was a real. That was a real dick move for that person to tweet that at us. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah. My God. This is what I was dealing with on Saturday. I mean, this. I, but it's just like maybe they figure it out next year. Maybe they do. Maybe they're able to roll into the big house and beat Michigan. And uh, with a team that just loaded with NFL talent, best defense I've ever seen this year, to be honest. Like, what they did to Penn State was just rude. And I have a feeling Don Brown's still going to be around next year. Mm-hmm. Have to play Penn State, mm-hmm. who we haven't beat in forever since Bill O'Brien coached there, I think. Oh, my God. Uh, the Purdue fan told me that Iowa still has a lot to build off of. <clears throat> And I, I don't like that I'm being patronized by Purdue fans. <laughs> this is not how things are supposed to work. Uh, yeah. This has gone off the rails really, really quickly. I mean... Pun intended. Yeah. Mm. All right, Ooh. so... Um, do we want to talk about the Big Ten at all? Nothing really happened. Uh, Michigan's really, really good at football. Um, Was uh, Ohio State sucks. Everybody sucks. It's Michigan, and everybody else literally sucks. Oh, Purdue's gonna lose again. Northwestern's gonna lose to us probably. This week. Oh, I'm not. I, d- 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 no way. I can't predict that. My well, gosh. absolutely. We they we will win. We will beat well, Northwestern. Well, well, so we'll hey, be meeting. Save your predictions. I'm gonna get that from you at the end. Um, I'm just saying. If we beat Northwestern, they have to play Minnesota and Illinois still, and. We might have a seven and five Big Ten West champion. We will up against will. Michigan, and that seven and five team put up the best fight to date against, against Michigan. Michigan. Oh my goodness! Save what a for the dumpster fire the Big Ten is. What an absolute dumpster fire this conference is right now. Oh, we're just beating each other up, right, guys? Yeah, conference of champions. 
Yeah, Yara. we're just... <laughs> Alright. Um... I just can't believe that Northwestern, if we beat if we beat them, for, for God's sakes... Like we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them when it's the most meaningless right, so... win of all time. No, what the did... most meaningless win of all time was the win against Michigan. That didn't mean anything. Which one was this? Oh, the in 14, 2016. 16. Oral House. It was awesome. Season. Yeah. But, ugh, God. So, this season, man. Uh, gut reactions for the Northwestern game. <laughs> uh, ben, we already know that you, you think Ohio's going to win. That's your gut reaction. Harrison, you think they're going to lose. That's your gut reaction. And, um,. You, do we have like any actual like su- thoughts of substance about how this game is gonna go? Besides, yeah, they will yeah. win or lose. Okay, I go think ahead. I uh, Northwestern actually put, did put up a pretty good fight against Notre Dame last night. I watched the whole thing for some reason, and uh, it doesn't matter. I think I was gonna come out <laughs> really, really good. It's gonna be at home. I don't love how it's a two thirty game. I'm sick of waiting around. That's just my personal whatever. Uh, it's going to come out to a home crowd. They're going to be mad. They should be. And I think uh, Nate Stanley's going to be comfortable uh, once again home kind of crowd. And he's a diamond cutter. And we make Clayton Thorson look foolish. We probably go back to maybe more of the defense we saw the first few weeks of the year. And um, see a little bit less of Riley Moss maybe. And uh, Iowa comes out and we win. I think we win by at least... I don't know, two touchdowns. That's you know, that's, very bold. That's actually not a bad prediction because Iowa is like one in five against Northwestern inside of a touchdown game. So if you're going to predict an Iowa win, you have to predict a big one. But somehow they're freaking 10 point favorites. Like, so yeah, it's a dumb we, one. It's going to be a I, dumb win. I like, don't is get that, that the, line at that's all. That's a wild line. Uh, I just, I'm horrified because I, I can see it going the opposite direction. I can see. Pat Fitzgerald, love him or hate him. He just wins one-score football games. He that he wins them like it's his job, and it is. It, I mean, like you compare Pat Fitzgerald and Kirk Ferentz, like they're very similar like, in terms of how they view the game of football, with kind of one exception. Like Kirk Ferentz almost takes the long game of football, building up you know, the dozens upon dozens of guys he's graduated into life and the, you know, the all, all the guys who have gone into the NFL and been successful, like, that's kind of... Kirk is a molder of men, and he's done that well. There's really no denying that. But he plays all these one-score games, and he sucks at coaching them. Pat Fitzgerald plays all these one-score games, and he is awesome at coaching them. So I can see it being just a freaking knockdown drag out. 17-17 game or 17-16 because Iowa decided to go for two. <laughs> I don't even know how. You shut the fuck off. You, ju- you just had to. You just you couldn't resist. Um but I'm never allowed to come I just on this podcast again. I just don't know how Iowa can win a close game and I can see Iowa fans being frustrated, getting mad at whatever's happening on the field and turning the crowd, and then the crowd being turned against the, the Hawkeyes, and not turning into a road game by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, it just turned into kind of a, a really, really weird game, and Pat Fitzgerald really trying to smoke Iowa. That's what scares me. I, I actually really th- am 
very, very afraid that the crowd is going to turn on the team very quickly if they don't immediately score a couple touchdowns. Uh, coming off two straight losses, people... I, I mean, You know what? I might not even be, really be surprised if... This, not, not like half empty, but a good amount of seats were empty for, for this game, like especially in the student section. Uh, I think that there's going to be some malaise. Um, and if things don't start off really, really, really well... I think that people are going to get pretty testy pretty quickly. So I, I do think there will be a lot of apathy. I do think we will see a pretty not the best turnout at Kinnick. The, the last time Iowa lost three games in a row was 2014 to end the season with the exclamation loss in the Hawkslayer Bowl. Uh, I don't I th- even remember that happening at all. Right. Um, oh, my God. Shout out man. Jonathan Parker. Uh, <sighs> I think three consecutive losses for this program is around when Kirk would he's has to look at himself and <clears throat> realize that something's got to give. Um, mm. And I I don't think it's going to happen here. I think, like I said, I think we're going to beat Northwestern. I think the uh, the emergency button is about as close as it can be to being pushed on uh, Kirk's own head and. He's gonna co- have coach a game of his life on Saturday. That's a compelling case, I don't, and that I don't that is the path to victory for Iowa against Northwestern is to just try and mow him down, get up fourteen three, and Torn Young show it. Yeah, I just I, don't I, trust that'll happen. I don't know what I think about. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, I also don't wholly believe what I just said, but <laughs> I was kind of waiting for you to say that. I, I mean, I think I think its likelihood is greater than non-zero. That what? That we we beat we we blow out Northwestern. We look like the team we thought we were the whole year. Yeah, there is definitely a chance that Iowa beats Northwestern. You play to win the game. Uh, as a very famous um, former NFL, current college football coach once said. All right, well, um, I think that's all we got for you right now. Basketball yeah. minute. Oh, oh yeah, let's talk about let's talk about hoops. Let's talk about hoops. All right, they played an exhibition game. Yeah, and it was a tremendous showing. Um, Tyler Cook, uh, just playing at point guard, he had seven assists. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Jordan Bohannon, something to keep an eye on, is injured with a hip injury. Been about two weeks as of uh, Sunday, which is what today is. Um, so uh, the medical staff will be in charge of whether he plays or not. Luca Garza did Luca Garza things against people who were half his size, so that was fun. Uh, Ryan Creener, first man off the bench, also got four fouls, which... Uh, Plays into both of your predictions about him, Max. Potential six man of the year, but also fouls way too much. It's um, it's a problem. And we did see some huge lineups, which uh, if Bohannon remains injured, we see uh, CJ Frederick is officially redshirting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not here for the Riley Till experiment at shooting guard, but... Uh, Austin Ash. <laughs> Do we think CJ would have redshirted if he didn't break his rib? 
That's a good question. Uh, probably, probably not. Prob- I think he probably would have. Uh, how long do you think he's out with the broken rib? Did they say like, or how long would he have been out? Did they like ever give I a timetable? I think time it's table broken rib is about six weeks. Mm-hmm. So that'd put him into. So it's been two January. weeks. No, it's right. been two weeks since he broke his rib, right? Oh yeah. So. So he'd play all of the Big Ten season with with the mm-hmm. exception of the two early games. Yeah, well, it makes sense to redshirt him. Still redshirt too, right? Oh. I don't know how that rule works because I know that Connor ended up redshirting because you could you get to play a certain amount of minutes, I think, isn't it? It's like if there is an injury that occurs before Never mind. a third of the season. So it makes sense to redshirt him. Yeah. But it's kind of been Fran's modus operandi not to redshirt people with the yeah, exception really of rare. Isaiah Moss. So. Yeah. Uh, I have a basketball minute. Ooh, yeah. Um, have you guys seen uh, Welsh Ryan Arena? The renovations. Because uh, Google really good now. They I did. Really I did. I'm uh, incredibly jealous of a Northwestern basketball facility, and I hate myself for it. Um, It'll be a great place to read a book. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Are they gonna do anything to Ryan Field? No, never. That place is just a dump. Oh wow! This is a real. Basketball place. Yeah, right. It's beautiful. Is it? It's not. Is it the same building? Yeah. Or did they demolish it? No, it's the same thing. They just took everything out inside and made it look nice. This is very good. This is very good podcasting right now. If you haven't seen it, go take a look on the internet. Hold on. It's... Can you guys hear this? Maybe you can hear. <laughs> Could you guys hear that? Yeah, it was beautiful. We should right. change that to the podcast theme. That was yeah, Matt fix that in production. <coughs> but um, no, it's very nice, and I'm kind of jealous uh, because all Iowa did this off season was put some stupid looking half tables at the top of the arena. Yeah, isn't the half table just a table? Yeah, just making sure that people know that they're half circles. Good point. Good point, Max. Um, but uh, also, basketball minute, the Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls, and Minnesota Timberwolves have fire city edition jerseys this year. Just saying. Minnesota, right. Miami, Chicago. You really don't like Denver's? They're, no, they're good, too. They're good, too. I just but they're not fire. They're not black. I hate the Chicago's are too BFBS for me, black for black's sake. I don't care. They're good, but they'd be even better white, you know. Oh, yeah, strong strong agree, but because the Chicago flag is white. And the Chicago flag is the greatest flag of all time. Pittsburgh's flag's pretty cool. No, it's Chicago's flag. Flag minute. Flag minute. (laughs) At ACL, Paul McCartney brought out the Chilean flag instead of the Texas flag. (laughs) They're the same thing. Oh, (laughs) no. It was hilarious. All right, we're really, really getting off the rails right now. So um, before we say anything else really stupid and just kind of go off on more tangents, um, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Hopefully I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. 